You are now listening to the Autoimmune Doc Podcast with Dr. Taylor Crick. Dr. Taylor is an expert in helping those suffering with autoimmune disease, and he himself has autoimmune disease. Autoimmunity is rampant today. The purpose of this podcast is to educate about the underlying causes and natural solutions to halt autoimmune disease progression. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. For more information from Dr. Taylor, visit www.autoimmuneeducationacademy.com. Without further ado, here's your host, Dr. Taylor Crick. Welcome to the Autoimmune Doc Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Taylor Crick, and I love explaining the underlying mechanisms behind autoimmunity and chronic disease. So for past episodes, make sure you go back and check back. We've got quite the uh, archive now. You can also find me on YouTube. I have uh, uh, two different YouTube channels. The main one, excuse me, is uh, my, my clinic, Washington Wellness Center, which I'm going to talk about a little bit today as well. But WASH, W-A-S-H, WASH Wellness Center, is what that YouTube channel is under. We usually link it in the show notes here. And then you can also find me on Instagram. That's really my only social media platform. Uh, not heavily involved there, but uh, still regularly involved, certainly. Um, actually, today's today's episode is a continuation of the past several. We've been talking about toxins. Today is going to be the last time that I talk about toxins, not ever, but just in direct you know, succession of the podcast episodes. And today's podcast is about how to keep your bucket empty. So how to keep your bucket empty. So if this is your first time ever listening, you know, I talk a lot about autoimmunity. I talk a lot about different patient stories. I talk a lot about, you know, different experiences in my clinic and in my store. So I want to explain that really quick too. That's what I do is I, I see, you know, patients or clients as you will on a, on a daily basis, half, about half maybe are in person and local here in central Illinois and about half are virtual. So all across the country and world and, you know, some couple international things like that. Um, so with that, in my online supplement store, we carry over, I, I think the last time we checked was well over 500 SKUs. So we've got a variety of knowledge and expertise on different supplements and different lifestyle strategies and different things we can do. So today, in the last episode, we talked about that a lot, about like how to detoxify, you know, what supplements do what. So if you listen to the last episode, uh, you probably have no doubt that I uh, am knowledgeable on a lot of different supplement things. Today's going to be more about lifestyle stuff. So these are things that we teach people how to do because it's so incredibly important to get a sick person well or to keep somebody from experiencing, you know, an autoimmune disease flare or, you know, inflammatory symptoms like bloating, fatigue, etc. In fact, my my uh uh one of my patients that I was just with I'm going to get her on the podcast. We had it scheduled once before. She's the only person that I've ever asked to do an interview on here. And the goal isn't to talk about necessarily her great results. She has had great results, but it's over the course of the last three years. And I told her today, I said, what I want to talk about is just how do you manage autoimmunity? And we were actually talking right as she was leaving. She has four kids and she was saying about one of her kids who just sits on the couch eating veggies and things like that. And she said, but you got to understand, this is. she was born around the time I was diagnosed with my autoimmune condition, and she grew up around the time when I started changing my diet, so that's become normal for her. So all of these things today, food is obviously a hot topic 
that is you know a great habit and, and things like that, or it can be a poor habit, of course, that's detrimental to your health. But today is more about toxicity and how do you uh, you know live a non toxic lifestyle without going crazy. I'm not going to go into everything today. There is a lot more. Like just for example, nonstick cookware. You know, Teflon and and the things that are involved with with nonstick cookware and off gassing, and you're breathing that. Another one that I'm not going to talk about today is flame retardants, you know, PBDEs and different things. There are a lot of different toxins that are in our environment, but today is going to be mostly about how to keep your bucket empty. So I also was going to mention too with our online store and our supplements and our, you know, air purifiers and, and castor oil packs. That's something I was just talking with her about and all the different resources that we have. Uh, I also do free 15 minute phone calls with people. I, I, those are really, uh, getting to be a little bit more uh, scarcely available, I'd say. But uh, schedule that you know through a link in the show notes or on our website or anything like that. Then lastly, too, before I get into these toxins, we love ratings and reviews. Ratings and reviews. Ratings and reviews. You know, I don't harp on them as often as I used to. We have a decent amount of them. I don't really care. You know how many we get. We don't have a metric for it or anything like that. But I just always want to ask if you get value out of this podcast on iTunes, especially you can leave up to a five-star review and that would be appreciated. Um, any other you know, ratings and reviews on, on Google or anything else, but especially on iTunes, that would be very, very helpful and appreciated or send this to a friend. So the last thing before I get into toxins, I have a little bit of a raspy voice today. Um, so I don't know if you'll be able to hear it, but I can definitely hear it and feel it. And I also just wanted to say, you know, we just got back from a camping trip for a week with my kids. So I have seven year old twin or excuse me, gosh, we go for their birthday. So they just turned eight. So I have eight year old twin girls. So that's kind of why we go camping every year. We go camping for their, for their birthday in the summer for a week long, um, and then I have a four-year-old little boy, so just to you know, give you kind of a, a quick glimpse into my life. So I, I think, though, I talk about this, I've talked about this before. You know, there's other things that we do, and it's not like we're super healthy the whole time, but camping is the healthiest thing that I do for my kids and for my family. And my kids absolutely love it. They just die. They wait for it all summer long for the big trip. And then we do a lot of camping outside of that as well. Tent camping, too, nonetheless. Um, but... It's just, it's just, it's interesting to think about how healthy it is. So here's what we're doing. We're waking up, you know, we're not waking up at sunrise, but when the sun rises up over the mountains, we're up and we're getting light into our eyes. We're outside all day long. We always camp next to a creek. So we're like playing in freezing cold water, like unbearably cold water in the morning, especially. And then it warms up as the day goes on. So that's really healthy for you. We bring... We, this year we brought a lot of meat because we have a lot of meat, so we brought our own meat. So we're eating grass-fed beef. You know, I was just telling somebody this morning. I said, you know, when we're camping, I was eating filet mignon, um, but it's meat. You know, it's built with a with like a big you know Bowie knife, and you know, um, but it's it's just I don't know. I think it's really really healthy. You know, the light exposure, the cold exposure, looking at the infinite complexity of nature. We were at about, I mean, I would guess we were above 9,000 feet um, or maybe at you know 9,000 feet or so. So we're at pretty high elevation. We're driving up over, uh, you know, up higher than that and changing elevation often. But clean mountain air, um, you know, sleeping on the ground, 
family time with all of us. So it was just, it was awesome. And it's one of the things that I absolutely cherish. So now toxins. So this, the, this will be the last episode. So let's do a quick overview of the ones that we've done before. I did an episode called Toxins, Toxins, Toxins. So if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to it. But it's just about uh, toxins and toxins and toxins. So I talk about some stories of some of my patients. And I just talk about how toxins are such a problem in our world. And, and so here's one of the problems with toxins is that, first off, we can't see them. We often can't measure them. But they lead to the immune dysregulation that then leads to our symptoms. So if somebody has you know, joint pain, they think, oh, it's because I have rheumatoid arthritis. But they don't think upstream another, uh, you know, one more root cause, you know, direction. Or they might think like, oh, it's because I have rheumatoid arthritis, so I have leaky gut and I got to pour all my eggs into the autoimmune paleo diet or into, you know, gut healing, you know, probiotics and things like that. But toxins, toxins, toxins drive a lot of immune dysregulation, could drive dysbiosis, can drive intestinal permeability, can drive neurotoxicity, certainly. And they're in our food. Um, so certainly that's something, why something like a paleo or autoimmune paleo diet is, is not only useful, but essential. Um, but they're also in our air, they're in our skincare products, they're in our plastics, they're in our carpets, they're in our hardwood floors. They're just basically everywhere. So I'm going to talk about some of the most important ones, but toxins, toxins, toxins. I then did an episode about the four worst thyroid toxins. And kind of their mechanism, so you can go back and, and, and look at that. You know, thyroid's important for virtually everything. Um, and then I did a, something, I think, on just kind of the 10 important concepts of toxicity. So those are some things that are really important, like the bucket theory, which I've already mentioned today, but how do you keep your bucket empty? Your bucket fills drip by drip, and you have to detoxify to keep that empty. Now, what we're talking about today is how can we slow down that drip? How can we slow down that faucet? Because it's not just one faucet. There's faucets filling it from 100 different directions. So how can we slow that down so that bucket fills uh, a little bit slower? Um, and then the drainage pathways, we talked about that with like liver and kidney and lymph and like um, those are really important concepts. And then that segued into how to detox where we talked about how can you support liver, kidney and lymph and, you know, cytochrome P450 and glutathione and methylation and just a ton of stuff in that last episode. And then today, how to keep the bucket empty. So let's jump right into it. So the first thing that I want to talk about is to me the most important, uh, you know, and I don't know if I could say that, you know, clean water, clean food, clean personal care products, it's all important, but maybe the least recognized, but the most important for the, just the, the type of patient that I see, which is autoimmune, mast cell type of symptoms, you know, often diagnosed with maybe Lyme or with mold. Uh, I have a lot to say about Lyme diagnoses, but um, they've got a lot of, you know, inflammatory symptoms and a lot of what's what I would call like TH2 symptoms, which is inflammation in hollow spaces. They have gut inflammation, they have sinus inflammation, they have brain inflammation, but it's clean air, clean air. I just think that clean air is so important. You know, mold gets a lot of fame and rightfully so. It should probably get more. But a lot of times when I see, you know, a patient that we're suspecting mold or we're like something in your world is making you sick, it's not always like actual mold spores. And I, I, that's really important just even within the, the subgroup of mold to know that it's not always mold spores. It's mycotoxins. Many people are familiar with mycotoxins, but it's airborne stuff. So that includes mycotoxins. That also includes 
Um, endotoxins. So like uh, cell wall, bacterial cell wall components, mold fragments, mold fragments. Uh, you know, it's kind of like well, the, the metaphor that I've heard before is if you had a dried flower, like a dried mold colony, let's say it's a dyed, de- dead, uh, killed off mold colony, but it's still dry, it's still there. And you go flick that dried flower, you're going to get fragments of that dried flower. And so there's fragments of crap in your air. Let's just leave it at that, right? So it's like, there's fragments, of, you know, I think we've heard that like a lot of dust particles are, is dead skin and there's, you know, cockroach fragments and just different insect fragments and it's just stuff in the air. So I'm not trying to d- disgust you, but clean air is so important. So mold is first, make sure there's no microbial growth because those microbes release all those mold farts that lead to a lot of our symptoms. Um, the the next thing is like just general dust. Like I see people all the time that I don't know if they have active mold growth or when we look at their house, we cannot find it, but something in their environment is making them sick. And I see sometimes people, they have immaculately clean homes and it might be other things that I'm about to talk about here in a minute. Um, but some people, like I have one patient that she's like, well, we just inherited this home from my husband's dad who inherited it from his parents. So it's never really been fully cleaned as its past owners over the last like 50 years. And it's just full of dust. And so that inflames sinuses, inflames guts. It's not the same kind of neurotoxin that mold is, but dust is also mold food. And depending on the particulate matter size, it can absolutely be neurotoxic. So, And that's the next thing to talk about is particulate matter. That'd be more like air pollution, but you can have particulates at home. You can have particulates anywhere. And all this to say that an air purifier is something I'm going to talk about here, but particulate matter. So I have a meter, and I'm going to talk about it in a second here, but it measures particulate matter. Now, I am pretty savvy on particulate matter because I lived in Salt Lake and practiced in Salt Lake for seven years where we have horrible air pollution. So the measurements are the PM 2.5. And then I think the other one's PM10, but the, P, the, the particulate matter size, that's 2.5 microns, I believe. The smaller the particulate matter is, the more problematic it is because it gets through the lung barrier. It gets through the sinus barrier. It can get through the blood-brain barrier. And that particulate matter is associated with things like increased cardiovascular disease, increased Alzheimer's, and all the chronic diseases that we want to avoid is all associated with with air pollution and you know that's been done in different cities in in Chinese cities in LA and diff, you know different places around the world we know that air pollution is a big deal the same thing is true in your house you know the EPA estimates that indoor environments are i believe something like 2 to 10 times or maybe it's higher numbers but more toxic than outdoor environments um and especially in the covid era where more people are working from home and you know, things like that. If there is a toxin in your home and you are exposed to it, it is going to lead to problems. So the particulate matter, any particulates in the air. The next one is volatile organic compounds. That is a broad group of things. But like, for example, I just, and I just had a patient who she said, oh, you know, we just renovated our basement. And I'm like, okay, well, that can stir up mold. And she's like, well, it's more like we have dust everywhere. There's concrete dust, there's drywall dust, there's wood dust everywhere. And she's like, the paint fumes, the paint fumes are almost unbearable. So 
Um, you could ozone that stuff. So I'll, I'll talk about that in a sec. Um, but all of those things off gas, volatile organic compounds. So anything that you can smell, anything that there's a fragrance to, let's say you get a package from Amazon and you rip open the plastic and you're like, Oh my gosh, that smells. Sometimes it's like a, a t-shirt, you know, from Kohl's or something. And you like, you rip it open and it's like, Oh, I could smell that. Those are off gassing chemicals. Almost everything off gases, but some things off gas more than others. So some of the you know big problems for VOCs are paint fumes, mattresses, couches, um, anything that's been treated, especially with like uh, uh, um, flame retardants. Anything like in a nursery, certainly, especially like a kid's kids stuff or even kid's clothes, you know, a baby's onesie or something is treated with flame retardants and it's off-gassing all the time. Particle board, anything made with particle board, um, new electronics, new computers, new furniture, hardwood floors, you know, lumber liquidators went through a big thing. I don't know if what this current status is or how it you know, wound up, but I just remember in the news, lumber liquidators going through a big thing um, with formaldehyde. Um, Carpet is another famous one, off-gassing of carpet glues. So, and, and that's that parlays into the next thing is with all this stuff is like, how do you know? Well, I have a whole episode about hiring, testing, and, and, and things like that for mold. Um, and I'm also, I, I think I'm going to be interviewing a, a mold, uh, you know, remediation and, and testing expert here on the show here soon. But I also just got a formaldehyde meter within the last, you know, few months. So I forget if I've talked about it on the show here. I'm sure I have. But I found high levels of formaldehyde in my office. And I had kind of suspected that something was going on back here. And, I, I, you know, being a mold guy, I thought it was mold. I've had it mold tested. I've had it mycotoxin tested. And nothing, nothing ever showed from that. I got new carpet back here two years ago when we uh, brought a counselor on, on, on board in our office. So we kind of did some remodeling or shifted some offices around, got new carpet. And that's where the formaldehyde is coming from. So I got a meter and this is kind of interesting. I got a meter and day one, I turned it on and it's like red and beeping at me. And it's like, Oh my gosh, I knew it. There's formaldehyde back here. Check the whole rest of the office. It's a, you know, it's a good sized building. None. Take it home. None, nothing anywhere else, but like back in my office. But then I couldn't get the test to repeat. And so I was like, okay, and with testing, there are no false positives. If it found it at one time, it found it. But sometimes there are false negatives. And so I couldn't get it to repeat. And then the next week, though, I got it to repeat again. I was actually in a consult with somebody, and I was showing them the meter. And um, and, and, and sure enough, lo and behold, uh, eventually, the, one of their daughters took that meter home to their house, and their house has been the highest place that we found so far. But it was high again. And so what I've realized is that my formaldehyde levels in my office are high if I leave the door closed over the weekend. If the door is open and there's air flowing through here, the levels are not as high. Now, that doesn't mean they're not here, but it's what can you do, what can you do, what can you do. And so in that case, too, there is a carpet sealer that I have not done yet. I just for, uh, you know, basically... Uh, work reasons of like it's too much work. I don't want to get all the furniture out of here and then and have to seal the carpet and stuff like that. It just that's uh, hard for me to swallow right now. Um, but what I did do, and I run an air purifier in here. That's a really good one, but it's not quite good enough to get formaldehyde and VOC. So I wish I need to upgrade it. I wish I would have gotten the next step up. Um, and I'll talk about air purifiers here in a minute. But what I did is I got a fancier air filter 
that has something in it called potassium permanganate. So my my space back here at the back of this office, me and Alicia, the co- our counselor, um, we're on one HVAC unit together, shared HVAC unit, so it's a pretty small space. So I put a new filter in, and it was you know in the world of filters, it was expensive, it was seventy five dollars, but it's activated charcoal and potassium permanganate. And so I also will just tell you, I found this um, from a great website. Which is the so uh, this is kind of a long story, but our the mold testing guy that we use here in central Illinois, he was trained by somebody named Martine Davis. She's up in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and she has a great website that's www.airinspector.com. So for this conversation, her website is an amazing resource, airinspector.com. A-I-R, inspector.com. And so she has an article on there called Formaldehyde is the Unsuspecting Air Polluter. And in that, she recommends these potassium permanganate filters. So anyway, I did that. And, uh, you know, we'll see with the meter. I've sent the meter home with several of my patients. Some people have had high. Some people have had low. Some people have had none. Um, But the high ones, especially, it's like, okay, ding, ding, ding. You got something in your environment still making you... Uh, not well. And no matter what, it's not good. The next thing that I want to talk about with that, and and the last thing, you know, uh, in the clean air conversation, because I could keep beating that dead horse for a long time, but air purifier. Now, in my other episode, I do talk about like, uh, meaning my other episode about mold and remediation. I talk about like burning mold candles. I talk about using um, so other environmental things. And another thing too, I guess, before I go to air purifier, so there's mold candles. You can diffuse essential oils, you know. There, then there's also for mold, there is uh, using a fogger. So I have all these things. There's probably more. I mean, I'm sure if you're talking to a mold remediation expert, there's probably a zillion things you can use. But a fogger, uh, you know, sprays a mist of mold-killing, you know, fog. So it's it will not remediate. It will not remediate, but it's good for maintenance to just make sure that any spores that could be around aren't colonizing and aren't, you know, growing and things like that. Then the next one is an air scrubber. So an air scrubber is a high-powered HEPA filter that pushes a high volume of air through. Another thing that I do also with that new filter that I got is I leave the HVAC unit on on. So that the fan, just the fan rather, so that the fan is blowing all the time. Now, the the air is on, the air conditioning is on too, but that just kicks on, you know, from a thermostat standpoint like a normal AC. But then when it turns off, the fan keeps blowing. So it keeps that air flowing back here all the time and pushing through that activated charcoal and potassium permanganate filter. Then the last thing that you can use as a DIY at-home thing is ozone. And ozone is not going to kill mold, but it will neutralize these VOCs. It will neutralize things like that. In fact, I was uh, at our, our lake house, um, and it, my, my parents and my grandpa had just painted the basement one weekend, and I was there with my kids, and we all wanted to sleep downstairs. I said, I can't, we can't sleep down here. The paint fumes are so strong. So we slept on the main floor, but I told them the next day, I said, can you swing by the office and grab my ozone machine and bring it out here when you come? And we left the ozone running for two hours down there and it neutralizes those odors. Also can neutralize the odors. You know, if your house has had any fire damage or you move into a house that had a former smoker in it or things, um, ozone is good for, for that and those VOCs. But going back to the air purifier, 
Uh, there's a lot of them out there. I'll tell you the one that I recommend is called Austin Air. And so there's a lot of people that I respect that have re- recommended Austin Air. Um, Jill Carnahan, uh, Martine Davis recommend Austin Air. I There are a lot of famous um, air filters out there. Like Air Doctor is really famous. And I think they're really good. But they're well marketed also. And what I've heard when I've been at seminars with uh, other doctors is they don't speak that highly of them as far as the results for their clients. So I, I don't know. I just uh, it, There's other good ones out there. And Molecule is another good one. There's a bunch on Amazon. Um, there's also bad ones out there too. So I think you get what you pay for. Austin Air is not the most expensive, but it's not cheap. That's for sure. And there's they make different levels. So I have the allergy machine running here in the office because that's more for mold and allergens. I wish that I had gotten the HealthMate Plus or the Bedroom Pro or whatever the, the next level up is. And I love to upgrade. I'm going to upgrade. Um, but there's there's many options you know, for those. Now, I also want to extend this offer. If anybody's interested in this, you can call my office for more info. And I'm, I'm just going to say, like, uh, mention this podcast to Julie, who's my office manager, for 15% off. So we'll give you 15% off. We sell them through our office. They drop ship to your house. We just send you the info. There's three different levels. I think they're only available through you know licensed retailers or licensed practitioners and things like that. But if you want uh, 15% off on that Austin Air, give us a call. Our number at our clinic is 309-424-5751. And just mention this podcast. Say, hey, I was listening to Dr. Taylor's podcast and he mentioned air purifiers, 15% off. And so if anybody wants to take advantage of that, I obviously don't expect like, you know, the the floodgates to open on our Austin Air sales, but that's been a good resource. And we have a lot of patients that have gotten Austin Air purifiers. And I think it's just a really important thing. I run two of them. Um, Jill Carnahan, who's a great name in functional medicine. If you don't know, you could sign up for a newsletter and things like that. But I heard her recently say that her apartment is like 1,500 square feet. They cover 1,500 square feet. Her apartment's 1,500 square feet, and she runs three of them. Um, so again, you know, she's really knowledgeable on the concerns with air quality, but I just don't think that you can have your air be too clean. The next one is clean water. Now I'm not going to talk about this one as in detail, but there's things in your water that again, you're exposed to all the time. So there's BPA from plastic, there's perchlorate, you know, some of these things are are things that we talked about on some of the past episodes, like thyroid toxins, perchlorate, there's heavy metals, there's MTBE, which is a gasoline additive, there's hormones, you know, there's trace levels of these things in our municipal water. And I don't know that that's any better or worse than well water. You know, I see people in, in, you know, rural areas that are on wells and like, I don't know, it's just, it's hard to know what to test and things like that. Um, I do have some patients that are going through some pretty extensive water testing right now. And I've been also scouring, you know, Amazon and things like that. There's a lot of like $30, $40 water tests available. And then some of our, some of our labs, you know, that run functional medicine labs will also have some home water analyses, but they're just looking, tending to look for like metals and things like that. Uh, I'm more concerned about the like uh, pesticide runoff type of stuff or the gasoline additives or the things that are in groundwater. Now, I also here in Illinois, like we will play in creeks sometimes and things like that. And in New Mexico, when we're camping, that creek is clear, right? Is is clean mountain spring water 
it, you know, the snow's all run off. It, this is all spring water and it is, it is pristine. Around here, when we go creaking or something, we, I know that that is pesticide runoff. This is Illinois, uh, the heart of pesticide country and herbicide country in the U.S., and that is pesticide runoff water. Um, so I'm, I'm very leery of that. You know, I grew up playing in creeks every single day. But clean water, clean water, clean water, clean water. I think that this is my opinion. It is a very simple opinion. But I think that any filter is better than no filter. And just considering where you're being exposed. So you could filter just your drinking water. Or you could get a whole home filter. Or you could get a shower filter. So there's a lot of different options for that. There's also a lot of, again, kind of over-marketed things with water. You know, alkaline water was kind of a, a phase for a second. Berkey water, Kangen water, you know, all these things are great. You know, I'm sure they're fine, but it, it's not like all the Kangen water people are, are you know, living to 90 and, and the tap water people aren't, you know. It, it, so you just don't see that kind of investment being returned, but is it... Is it a futile investment? I, I don't know. You know, there's I, I, there's no way to say, but I think that any filter is better than no filter. So a lot of filters are charcoal. A lot of filters have multiple stages. So like we sell a pretty simple one that is a 10 stage filter. There are better. Uh, reverse osmosis is really, really good. The problem with RO is that you're also removing the minerals. So you want to remineralize your water too. You know, if you again are drinking spring water or mineral water, I got a Topo Chico sitting right next to me actually. And so that is full of minerals and most water should be full of minerals. Um, but RO is so good at filtering that it removes all the minerals too. So you can remineralize those. There's a lot about water too that I'm very intrigued by with structured water. And I'm very familiar with, you know, many concepts in the water world. I just don't see again, the, uh, purported benefits of some very expensive water systems. I don't see those flesh out in clinical practice, let's say. Um, yeah, then there's sink top, under sink, you know, but water's just something to be very, very aware of. It's not only going in your body and through your gut and to every cell in your body and et cetera, but it's also getting on your skin and we're just always exposed to it. And, you know, our bodies, as we know, are 70% water by weight and like 99% water by molecule. So water's, you know, pretty important. The next one that, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spend a terrible amount of time on. I think the air is probably where I'm spending the most time because it's like the drum I like to, to bang the most. But clean food, you know, and in my notes here, I've got some notes, but I, I wrote, duh. You know, I think that most people know this, especially people that are listening to this podcast. This is not a low level information podcast of like, you need to eat clean food, but there's toxins in your food. I mean, an incredible amount of them, like an insane amount of them. And they damage the gut lining. They disrupt cell membranes. They are endocrine disruptors. They are neurotoxins. They affect liver function. There's just so many different ways that these toxins happen and they come from our food. So the number one thing is to eat organic, to eat real food, you know. So that that's obviously a very simple recommendation and very hard to pull off, but like crucial foundation um, that I think that many people are aware of. But some of the things that are not as, you know, thought of, like, you know, uh, I think that trans fats, sugar, certainly, vegetable and seed oils are, are pretty common 
a lot of people out there talking about the toxicity behind those and the problems behind those. And the preservatives, I think, you know, just make sense, you know, to a lot of people. One of the biggest ones is aluminum. There's a ton of aluminum in our food. There's other heavy metals as well. I don't know if you've ever seen a video of somebody covering a magnet over like, uh, uh, what's the cornflake? Cornflakes. Yeah, uh, cornflakes. And it's just like iron, like sticking to the magnet. Um, so you want iron like from your food, like from spinach or from red meat or from liver or something like that. You don't want iron shavings in your food. Um, but aluminum is a crazy one that's there's just like a high amount of that. And, and you know, this is just an interesting field too, because a lot of times, you know, a, a high quality lab might test like organic food and they'll still have a lot of problems. Now it'll be less problems, but there's so many problems. It's really hard to avoid aluminum, heavy metals, dyes flavorings, MSG, you know, there's all kinds of toxins in our food. So knowing where your food is sourced is a great idea if that's an option. You know, knowing your farmer, we do, I in, in here again in Illinois, we have a grass-fed beef farmer. So that's why we were able to bring filet mignon and stuff like that. And, and you know, we're just also eating a lot of steak and eggs and just burgers and different things like that on the trip. Um and we always do. Um, they also we also get eggs, you know, from a local farmer here. We also are part of a crop share, so every week we get uh, vegetables delivered to us as part of our crop share. Um, and so we know our farmer for a lot of these sources, and then you know a bunch of our other stuff. Then we go and get it at the store, and we buy it from you know reputable stores, or then we get reputable you know snacks from reputable brands, or we use you know Thrive Market or whatever the case is. But the more you can know about your food, the better. Um, and you don't have to go crazy about it. It, it. This is not time consuming. This is not hard. If anything, it's easy because a lot of our food just gets like delivered to us um, by our farmer or something like that. Um, but food is really important. The next one I'm not going to talk about too much. Uh, probably the last one I'll talk about, you know, more than these two, but clean skin. So personal care products. This one is also, I'm a guy. It's not as relevant to me. I put basically nothing on my skin besides sunshine. Um, you know, I have a beard. I, 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 I don't know. I put gel in my hair, but aluminum in deodorant is a big problem. And then in our personal care products and especially for women. And again, this is like a, not a new topic. So if this is your first time hearing this, look up somebody else's podcast or Google image this and, and you'll see like the average woman puts on uh, 17 different products a day and each one contains however many chemicals and things like that from our lipstick, from our nail polish, from our hair, you know, conditioners and things like that. So aluminum is, is one, again, another heavy metal. So, uh, and actually aluminum is classic classification wise, not technically a heavy metal, but often associated with the heavy metals because it's a, a heavier metal and its effects are neurotoxic and Alzheimer's and all those things. Um, phthalates are another one. So I talked about this in the past episodes about like the book Countdown by Shanna Swan and uh, just different things about phthalates and the feminization of males and the masculinization of women and the just changes in endocrine and hormone balance that come from phthalates that are in a lot of plastics and, and, and things like that. And then parabens are very common in skincare products. Um, it's parabens, polyethylene glycol or uh, propylene glycol, maybe more likely both are, are you know, players. But all these things make things more like sudsy. Or, or that's like sodium lauryl sulfate is more of a sudzer, 
But parabens make things more smooth. So like your lotions, your conditioner that's like real smooth. Your, your shampoo that's really sudsy is likely to have sodium lauryl sulfate and parabens. But parabens make things smooth. So just being aware of all of those things and looking at your labels and buying from reputable uh, skincare product companies and things like that. You know, for sunscreen, we did not, I don't remember applying sunscreen on vacation. Um, but when we do, which I, it's not never, you know, we, are, we do a lot of like boating, jet skiing, stuff like that. Um, we use Young Living. So I use a reputable brand who's an essential oil company brand that just has a, a you know, natural, uh, more natural sunscreen. But looking for those reliable brands is sometimes easier than like memorizing all the ingredients. The last one that I think is just mega important, uh, keeping your toxic bucket empty is your mind. You know, you don't think about that as much because we're talking about real toxins, right? Like metals and molds and pesticides and, you know, benzene from cigarette smoking, you know, whatever the case is. But your toxic mind is the exact same thing. Basically, what you put into your body matters in all directions, from all angles. What you put in has a big effect on what you are going to get out. So clean mind and putting in clean info and making sure that you're not putting in bad info. So a couple things that you might need. One is like you might need to work through some of your past traumas. You know, people have all these these traumas in their life. And I, you know, I've been fortunate that I don't have a, a zillion traumas. We all have baggage. We all have layers. And it's good to work through those layers. I have done, you know, spent tens of thousands of dollars and done hours and hours and hours and hours, hundreds of hours of personal training, you know, just personal development stuff. But sometimes you got to go and, and work through those traumas with a counselor and talk through those, or maybe do some EMDR, or maybe do some exposure therapy, or like, that is really important. I see so much PTSD. It, I mean, it's basically a component of everybody's case. But it's amazing how many people aren't, you know, they might be perfect on their diet even or perfect on their supplements, but like, what's going on with your brain? Um, another one is taking vacations, taking breaks. You know, I, I heard somebody say yesterday, they said, we don't call trips with our kids vacations. We call them trips. If we go away without our kids, we call them vacation. I was like, oh, that's... That's true. Um, but, you know, that's necessary. That's important. You know, not only a weekend, but even, you know, it, I've always been, uh, I don't know, intrigued by the idea that in biblical times, a Sabbath was not just one every seven days that you took a break. It was also one year every seven years that you took a break. And it's like, boy, those sabbaticals, those Sabbaths and honoring those uh, whether it's for religious reasons, I mean, I'm all for that, of course, but even if you're like not religious and you just need to take a break every seven days, I mean, th- it makes sense from either lens that you view it from. The important thing is just making sure that that's in there or having boundaries is also another thing along that line. The next thing is just having habits, regular good habits like exercise. How crucial is that for our clean mind and our detox and everything else? Um, but prayer, prayer is a great habit. Meditation, you know, prayer too. What you're doing, no matter what your faith is, but you're you're expressing gratitude, 
and you're asking for the things that you want to manifest or for God to give you or for them to, you know, for the universe to manifest into your life or whatever the case is, and that's a great idea. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. And even books like The Power of the Subconscious Mind really talk about the power of prayer from a non-religious standpoint, which again, I'm all for looking at it through a religious standpoint of God's listening, Jesus is listening, but I like hearing it from a scientific standpoint, too, because it's like, hey, this stuff works no matter which camp you're looking at it through. Another one is meditation. Very, very, very just powerful for your mind. Oh, my gosh. I will tell people, you know, Christians that have a prayer practice, like, well, I, I pray. Like, well, that's different. That's when you're actively seeking and, and talking to God and listening to God. And meditation is when you're not. You know, when you're just listening to your body or listening to nothing or trying to drain out everything and be in kind of that infinite black space, uh, things like that. Reading, obviously a great habit. And the things that you're reading are really, 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 really important. What you put in matters. So I personally, not like I'm some you know, mindset guru or something, but I'm just not that entertained by like fiction. I, I wish I was. I actually, we just were reading uh, Peter Pan audiobook while we were driving. Um, and I always want to get back into like some more fiction. I enjoy fiction, but what you put in matters. So if most people, they, what they read is like what they find on TikTok or what they find on Instagram or anything like that. Most of the stuff that I read is either mindset positivity or it is science based. And, and that is all to me part of investing in myself. So it's not just what I enjoy, but it's also investing into myself. Um, journaling is another great way to like mind dump. And then your mindset, 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 you know, saying positive affirmations, expressing gratitude, having written down goals, having principles, having values that matters in the toxicity world as well. You cannot have a toxic brain. I mentioned exercise with clean mind, but the, the other thing that exercise does is exercise increases flux throughout your body, increases calories spent, it increases fuel utilization, and it increases flux and flow through your liver, through your kidneys, through your cells, through your mitochondria, which is good for detox as well of like just flowing things through those filters, kind of like leaving your air on instead of uh, uh, just having it be when the when the AC turns on. It's always flowing things through there. So exercise is so important. And then sauna, you know, I talked about that with how to detoxify, but that's also a great way. How do you keep the, the bucket empty? So we have a lot of people that sauna in our clinic weekly. We have, you know, right now it's it's still the end of our summer. Um, but rhythm and regularity is just really good and really important. So some people sauna monthly, some people sauna weekly. If you had a sauna in your house, you could sauna daily. You could sauna, you know, three times a week, but you're not only detoxing, but you're keeping toxins from accumulating. So that is all I had today. Just some, some thoughts on toxins, where they come from, what you need to keep important, keep in mind. As, as common, I went through like, you know, 50 things today, but I don't think that doing all 50 of those is impossible. Now, if you're doing zero of those, don't expect to be doing all 50 next week, but pick a couple that might be a highest priority for you and continue learning, continue evolving. You know, when I started doing this stuff, I wasn't, I knew nothing of this, but now, you know, I've got all this crap, you know, like Austin air purifiers and formaldehyde meters and foggers and air scrubbers. Um, so I love teaching about it, but it also, you know, I, I, I would like to say knock on wood that my family experiences 
great health too. So I, I, I think that it's, uh, you know, worth it and it, and it is not hard and it is not really expensive. You know, these things accumulate over the years. Um, but you're continuing to evolve, continuing to learn about your environment, how to keep it clean. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just think it's an important concept. So leave us a rating, leave us a review, follow me on YouTube, follow me on Instagram, schedule a free 15 minute phone consult, call our clinic about an Austin air purifier, or go to our website if you want to see our supplement store and all of that stuff, because we've got a, just a ton of resources and a, just a lot of, lot of good stuff, um, available for you. So Thanks and talk to you guys next time. Oh, the next little like mini series or whatever, I'm going to focus on gut health. So gut health, you know, crucial to everything. Obviously, one of the most important things I see, whether somebody has chronic fatigue or they have Alzheimer's or they have, you know, fill in the blank with any, any symptom. Um, But what are the things with gut health, you know, not just like take probiotics, but, you know, what else? What are some of the obscure things that I see? Uh, I might do a focus on gallbladder in one of the episodes. Um, so that's going to be the next thing. So stay tuned and let me know if you have any questions or if there's any topics that you would like to hear about, let me know that also. Okay, bye. Bye.